You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris with the Nursepreneur Podcast, and today we have Jill Stanton from Screw the 9 to 5. Jill, thank you so much for being here with us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this. Yeah, I mean, normally, so we uh, typically interview nurses that have started their own business, and, uh, you know, I was just so excited to, to bring you on the podcast to give a slightly different perspective um, about how to start a business and how to... Uh, make money and and do all those things that the nurses want to do and we don't have the nine to five we have like the 12 to 12 um, no so doubt <laughs> especially right now I'm sure <laughs> yeah especially now during COVID um, so what I you know maybe you could give us a little background about you and how you got started in in your business and and um, what it took to get there yeah oh my god uh, day drinking <laughs> ugly crying <laughs> A lot of fights with my husband, like, <laughs> no, in all seriousness. So um, Josh and I first started our business together back in 2012, and it was actually off the back of us each having our own businesses and feeling quite disenchanted with them relatively around the same time. Like I had a social media management business for bars and restaurants, and I essentially felt like I was getting to the place of having like eight tiny bosses who took up all my time. And at the same time, Josh had a software company and um, had a couple niche sites and had a course and stuff with a previous partner. And they were kind of going their separate ways or getting ready to. Um, and I remember it was like we were in Toronto in November, which is already hell on earth. <laughs> if you've ever been on like the Northeast Coast during November, December, it's so dark and gray. Anyways, and so. I remember it was this like particularly gloomy day and we were on the 23rd floor. Our apartment was on the 23rd floor. And so we were just looking out at clouds. We were in the clouds. And I remember us both being like, oh my God, what? Like we were just not, we didn't have any kind of satisfaction in our lives for our businesses at that time. And I remember Josh saying like, what happens if we start a business together? And I was like, yes, I love that. Tell me more. And he was like, we should start a skincare affiliate site. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what's an affiliate site though? Like I was so green. I had no clue what I was doing in the online business space. And basically he was like my first real mentor or coach who kind of taught me the ropes. He taught me how to write for the web and how to build an audience, how to build traffic and, and how to create content that actually got a result, like direct response content. So for us in affiliate marketing, which is really just the process of you connecting your audience to the people, products, programs, services, tools you use, like, and believe in. Um, and so he was teaching me how to essentially write effectively to get an action. So I'm going to click our link and go and purchase the pro the product. And that was where it all started. And as we started gaining some steam, um, things started to get really addicting, you know, like as you first start getting results, you're like, Ooh, this is good. I could, I could get down with this. And so we started taking what was working for our skincare site and we started applying it to different niches. So the next one we went into was beauty and then high heels and then personal hygiene and supplements and health and weight loss and, and like all these different, um, independent skin products, like a 
a microdermabrasion machine and all this other kind of stuff. And we rinsed and repeated the process, tweaking it along the way until we had, you know, over 30 different sites. Um, And as we started to really build those up and start making some decent coin, people in our lives were like, so what are you guys doing for money now? Like, how are you making this money? How are you traveling everywhere? Like, are you drug dealers? What's going on? And it was actually our wedding week in Costa Rica in 2012, at the end of 2012, that we were about to move to Thailand. And Josh was saying, maybe we should start a site to like just document our travels and like keep our family and friends in touch with what we're doing. And, you know, we could use it as a way to answer all the questions we get all the time. And and I was like, I like it. What should we call it? And then thanks to Costa Rican rum, um, I was like, oh, screw the nine to five. And then from there, we just, both of us were like, oh my God, is it available? We hit it, registered it, locked it down and kind of sat on it. Cause we didn't know we had never built a personal brand. We had never used our names or our face. Well, I used my face. I shot all sorts of videos, but I used a pen name. Um, like I was so scared to put myself out there. And so we kind of sat on screw the nine to five for like five or four or five months at least. And when we finally launched it in 2013, like we didn't know what the heck we were doing. Like we, we were talking about all sorts of things, like how to rank niche sites and how to live in Thailand and how to work with your partner and Pinterest strategies and like all this nonsense. There was no direction to our brand. And then we had the bright idea, oh, we should we should launch our first program. Like what? So we did. We spent $5,000 and three months of our time creating this you know, ultimate course on guest blogging. What? That should have been our first sign um, that things doom was headed our way. And we launched it and no one bought it. Not a single soul, like $0. Um, and I remember I ugly cried for the full 24 hours. My parents were there and I had been like so cocky about it. Like we're going to launch this program. We're going to be Oprah rich and like all you bitches bow down. (laughs) I just was so cocky about it. And so we fell flat on our face and I was so humiliated and so devastated. And I literally ugly cried all day. Like I was so sad, but it was the best thing that ever happened to us because once I finally got my shit together, we realized like, oh, we probably should have asked people if they wanted this program because we never did. We just assumed, well, this is what worked for us in our previous business that no one really knows about. Surely we should launch a program around it. And it taught us to start teaching what we know. And at that time it was affiliate marketing. And so we started putting out content around that and having much more of a streamlined through line to our content. And then pre-sold our next program and that's where everything started to pick up for us we started creating programs people actually bought (laughs) we started learning the art of webinars we started our podcast we started our free group then we started our membership site and things started gradually moving for us and building a lot of momentum we learned a ton of lessons and then in 2018 we became parents and our whole world kind of broke open again and we realized oh everything we built no longer matches our values. And so at the end of 2018, we shut everything down except for our email list, our podcast, our brand name, and our social media. We shut down all our paid offers and we hit the reset button and it was the best thing we ever did. Um, And the lesson that taught us and brought us to where we are today is like alignment 
is everything. Like if you are doing something that feels heavy, that feels like you're pushing a boulder up a giant hill and you're never getting any clarity, things feel off, they feel murky, they don't feel like they align with your values, that is like your inner voice screaming at you to take a look at what you're doing and really ask yourself, like, what do I truly want? Right? Because if we're all building businesses, we have to build something that lines up with our values and the lifestyle we want to have and what we believe in. Otherwise, we'll find a, a way to sabotage it all. And I would say if I could sum up everything that I've learned over the last you know, eight years we've been running businesses together, it would be that. like, You have to do what you want to do, not what everyone else on the internet thinks you should do. And in our space of online business, it's so declarative, right? Like this works, this is stupid. You should be doing this. If you're not doing this, you're, you know, you're not serious about it. If you're not doing this, you're like, you know, you belong in a nine to five job. It's so noisy. And I've realized to really gain steam and momentum and build traction and create success and like fulfillment and meaning, you have to tap into what matters to you and build your business from that place because from that place everything flows yeah and i i really appreciate you saying that especially with the group of nurses that we're working with and a lot of them are searching for what can i get involved in and mm. you know we're pushing back and saying no 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 you tell what is it that you already have that expertise in that you love doing and let's match it with the dream and the dream mm. is something they haven't really thought about they haven't thought about oh what do i want because you know that's not what business is, but it's absolutely what business is. It's like finding a problem, finding your passion and, and you know, where it all meets is, is where it ends up. So I, I really appreciate you saying that. Um, I have a question though, because you, you make everything sound so easy at some level. <laughs> so, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> if I make it sound that way, I'm a bold face liar. It was not easy. <laughs> Insights. I mean, that sounds, and I, you see these all the time, like, oh, you can make a thousand dollars a month, just uh, run some ads to this affiliate site and you'll be done. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you kind of get involved in that and, and what were kind of the ups and downs with it? With affiliate sites? Mm -hmm. um, okay. So I started affiliate marketing back in 2012 when you could kind of gamify the system, right? Like you could write a whole bunch of guest posts and that would be enough for your website to rank and it didn't really matter like how good your content was. Like it started to matter. That's when it was starting to kind of get shaped, like things were shaping up and quality was improving on the web. Um, but I was so green, man. I didn't even know about paid traffic. I didn't know about Facebook ads. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know anything about branding. I just did essentially what Josh told me to do because I was so green. Before that, I had just been like, creating social posts and videos for clients, right? So I was so new to this. And so I just was like a workhorse. I went into doing mode and I was just creating as much content as I could. Some days I'd write like five or six guest posts per day to get wow. links, to drive to our site, to make certain posts rank on Google. Um, so it was a slog. I'm not going to pretend that it was like that enjoyable. What pulled me more away from the affiliate stuff and into screw the nine to five was... I just wasn't lit up by the stuff we were reviewing. Like I didn't care anymore about skincare once we had gotten it to a certain level, you know, like we built that one site up to like over 300 posts itself. And at a certain point I just was like, fuck, 
this. I hate this. I am so bored by this. Like it doesn't light me up at all. And I think that's why I got pulled into screw the nine to five. Cause I was like, Oh, this is a movement. Like this is where the world is going, right? Like work is changing. Options are changing the inner, like we just, if there's nothing else that happened with COVID, it was the domino to get the rest of the world online, right? To wake a whole new side of the world up to this online world that we live in, which is so niche still in its infancy stage. And so just allowing myself to be a student and to work through what works, what doesn't, the lessons I needed to learn to become an entrepreneur, which really is changing yourself from the inside fundamentally, because when you shift from having a job into being your own boss, like there are so many different changes and evolutions and stages of growth you have to go through. And I think that was the biggest challenge I've ever faced, not so much the strategy side of things. I think a lot of entrepreneurs in the beginning stages think it's about a strategy or external, or if I just do more, it'll finally click, or it must be this ad strategy or this funnel or this like whatever it is, but it's none of that. It's always the inner game that stops people from going to the next level. Cause you can get that first initial traction really easily, really easily. But if you do not have the, um, like, the beliefs and the internal capacity to be able to handle this stage of growth, uncertainty, and risk, you'll find a way to sabotage it. Right. Yeah. And that's something that we, we talk about a lot as well, because a lot of the nurses will come to me with a problem and I'll say, you know, that's not actually a business, that's a personal problem. <laughs> like, if yeah. you're having sales issues, it's a personal problem, not, you know, your business is fine. And that seems to be 90% of the, of the challenges. Um, so what are some of the other challenges that you've come up with and just, I guess, to start getting, uh, transitioning to screw the nine to five and then just growing that, what are the different levels of challenges? Um, one, I would say that overcoming a fear of judgment, um, that was definitely a massive one for me personally. I think everyone's journey is going to be different. A lot of people will have to overcome a lot of money issues. That was another one for me is unlearning the beliefs I learned about money. Same with Josh. We both came from middle-class families. Um, and he came up from a, a background of like less money than my parents had. So he had a lot of debilitating money beliefs, like money doesn't grow on trees, rich people are greedy or scammers or bad. Um, you know, just like all these things, like there's not always more where that came from. A lot of those scarcity driven, fear driven beliefs about money. I had to change a lot of that. And the fear of judgment was an insidious one. I still struggle with it. It's, I don't know if I'll ever get rid of it. Right. Cause I think humans are innately wired to on some level care what other people think. Um, and it's the truly internally mastered people who don't. Um, I'm not there yet though. So I would say that. I would say learning how to lean into uncertainty and realize that that is just a part of the game, right? Like your, the quality of your business and the quality of your life is determined by how much uncertainty you can handle in any given time. Um, and I think that has been a big um, shift for me. And then I would say the last one is learning that money, using money as a tool not as something to like hoard and hold on to um, when it comes to business growth is reinvesting it smartly and strategically in the growth of your business and using the money you make to make more of it. Um, those have been some real key shifts for me personally. 
Yeah, and, and actually, to be honest, like one of the, the key shifts for me, speaking of money, again, the money story was something that I learned going through business, and that was a, a big shift because I, you know, similar to you, just had the, that middle class bring, uh, upbringing and had these varying beliefs that just money just will happen, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll just come or, or whatever. But I also had this tendency to spend money impulsively, like, oh, okay, there, here's a, a thousand there, a thousand, you know, just not even thinking of it. But you bring that into the business as well. And so when money mm-hmm. starts coming in, it keeps going out because you keep spending and it's like, well, why don't I ever have any money? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've definitely been there. (laughs) So, you know, learning to manage and respect the money uh, and understanding how it comes in and how it stays was a big part of it. Um, So in growing the the screw the the nine to five, what are you helping people to do now that you love doing so much? Yeah, well, we help now in this iteration of our business, we help online coaches and course creators design their offers, their coaching program or their online course, get it all dialed in and then give them a badass way to sell it. And our intention is to help a hundred thousand online entrepreneurs, coaches and course creators cross the hundred thousand dollar mark in their hundred thousand dollar a year mark in their business, I should say. So that's our like driving force with the screw. Um, and our, like the entrepreneurs we help are typically coaches and course creators. Okay. And do you see a lot of yourself in those coaches and course creators as they're going through the program? (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. It's like, hello, Mir. (laughs) Hello, Jill from six years ago. (laughs) But I I actually really love the stage our business is in right now because we've really cracked onto something cool with these boot camps we host. They're called course creator boot camps. And it's for courses or excuse me, coaches and course creators who want to create their online program, but we help them like come up with the name and the price and the promise of it and what goes into the course or program and the bonuses and the guarantee and a badass way to sell it so that they can hit the gas and start making money. And ever since we started single focusing on that, like we just have so much fulfillment and fulfillment and joy and ease and alignment in the business that we're just like all in on this, um, essentially sales system, truthfully, because it's a paid bootcamp that goes into a higher ticket offer, which is two grand. Um, and that's all around our pop-up group accelerator. But I just love it because they're all live. Every two, two and a half months or so, we go live for, we call them five-day bootcamps, but they typically end up being about 10 days with our pre-party and our bonus training and all this stuff. But I love them. I do mindset coaching in there. I do it every day outside of weekends and it just lights my soul on fire. It's my favorite thing we've ever done in our business. And I'm just, I'm all in on it. There's like no better magic that you can experience in your business than being live with people and having that connection with them and watching their faces shift and get ahas and then implement what you teach and get results with it. Like it lights, lights my world on fire. Yeah, I, I think that's that's amazing, and I love that. And one of the things that I found easy from taking nurses and helping them with their business is that they already have this like obvious expertise, at least to me, like I can see it. But you know, in in a lot of ways, I feel like um, other course creators and coaches might not have that advantage in that they don't have the specialty area. Do you? Mm-hmm. How do you help people find that? anyone with enough persistence and consistency could start a business they really wanted to, but they have to find that inner uh, thing that they can package and price and, and sell to people. I mean, how do you help people find that? 
Yeah. So that's always something that Josh trains on, but it's essentially helping people get clear on who they serve and how they serve them. And then really niching down so that they can become specialized and known in a certain area. And it's not saying that you always have to be that niche, but in the beginning, it's so much easier to get traction if you are hyper-specialized in one area. And then as you get traction, you get known and your name gets out there and you start building case studies and results and all that kind of stuff, then you can start expanding your niche. But I mean, I always think it comes down to what are you really good at? What do you know really well? Or what are you really passionate about? And what could you, um, what is a problem people are facing in one of those areas that you can help them solve? Now, I think the biggest thing people trip themselves up with when they do go to teach something or coach someone on something is that they think they get in their own heads thinking, well, maybe I don't know as much as I think I know. And like, should I be charging for this? Is that appropriate? Like what happens if someone calls me out? What happens if someone asks me a question I can't answer and they get in their head and they stop themselves before they even really get started. And so to combat that, one of my coaching sessions is all around what we call the 10% edge. And it's about giving yourself the permission to coach or teach from a place of what you know right now. Um, and so if you have a 10% edge, so for example, I have a 10% edge in copywriting, right? Like I've just been doing it for seven years in the business. So I know that I have a 10% edge over someone who's just getting started, right? I've never trained on it professionally. I've never taken a course on it. I've just done it so much that I've learned a lot about it just simply by doing. So I know that if I wanted to, I could create a program or a bootcamp or a coaching program or something like that around copywriting and the people who vibe with my style would choose to join that. But I'm not the expert. I just know I have a 10% edge. I'm one chapter ahead of the people who know nothing about copywriting. And so I think giving yourself that level of permission to move forward and teach what you know um, and realizing that as you start to teach or coach on said topic, you'll become a better teacher or coacher or coacher. Oh my God. A better teacher or coach just by simply leading people and getting into the weeds with them and doing the work with them and upgrading your skills and continuing to learn on your end so that you can best serve your niche, your target audience, your customer, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and that was one area, especially with uh, taking payment for something like that is a hard mindset shift as well, because I feel like I could do things for free for people all day long. But when they pay, it almost puts this kind of burden on you to perform or, or be a performer, not a performer, but um, to really de- to give that value and then ex- uh, exponentially the value. And I think well, kind of creating like a structure around what you're delivering is important. Agreed. I would tweak the word burden to be, instead of looking at, as that, at it like that, I actually think when people pay, they pay attention. And mm-hmm. I would argue that no one values free. Yeah. And that's why when people are like, well, if I really cared, I would do it for free. And I'm like, no, that's incorrect, actually. If you really cared, you would charge for it because you know that by charging someone for it, they will show up. They will take action. They will come to the calls and you have skin in the game as well. So you want to bring your A game. It's actually the, the biggest disservice you could do to your audience or your customers is give them stuff for free. I remember even our last boot camp, someone wrote in, 
that she was in really hard times. She was leaving an abusive relationship. She had three kids as a single mom under the age of like something really low. And I was like, I bow down. I have one kid and a hubby and a nanny. And I still, I'm still learning to manage it. Right. And so I invited her into the boot camp and into the VIP level for free. She didn't show up once. Oh, wow. Not once. Why? Because she got it for free. Right. If I had just said, I'll give you like half off, but you still have to pay. She at least would have shown up. Mm-hmm. And now she's no better off, right? So I gave it to her for free, which I was dumb to do anyways, because I know people don't value for free. But I, she had come with me to me with such this story that I was like, oh my God, I just want to help this woman. Like, I can't even imagine being a single mom of three kids and being in that kind of dire strait. Like, please let me help you in any way I can. But I actually did her a disservice because mm-hmm. she didn't show up at all. And so she got nothing. She's no further ahead. You know, yeah. and so when we charge, even if we don't feel like we deserve it yet, or we're qualified enough yet, or whatever bullshit story we're telling ourselves, it's still in our best interest and in our customers' best interest for us to charge money for it. Right. Because they, they need to trust you as well. And if you're giving stuff away for free, or you, you have this thing that's priced for like $99 and you're giving them like everything, you know, and, and, the house and the boat and everything, they're just going to be like, well, then it's probably not worth much because we associate a value and, um, you know, a delivery for sure. Yeah. Um, So do you think that the coaching and online course space is overcrowded or? I think it's just getting started. Like it's noisy for sure, but entrepreneurship is sexy. Like, let's just keep it real. People are like, ooh, work for myself. Yes, please. Ooh, not wake up with an alarm. Yes, please. But I mean, anyone can be an entrepreneur, but not everyone can be an entrepreneur. And that's why you see sometimes in this space, we'll have big bursts of like all these new people coming in, right? And you're like, who is this? I've never even seen this person or heard of this person before. But then you'll notice like this giant shedding of people. And all of a sudden, like people who had it all going on just kind of fall away. And it's because they either can't handle the um, internal game, which I think is mostly what it comes down to, or they just can't handle the like uncertainty and the risk that goes into it, right? Because a lot of people think it's going to be easy. It's the exact opposite. I would say if you're looking for easy, go get a job, <laughs> even though it doesn't feel easy, right? Um, but entrepreneurship is this whole other, it's like, I heard Phil Knight, who's the creator of Nike say this business is war without the bullets. And I was like, ain't that the truth, Phil? You know, it's so true. It's just, it's like you get beat up sometimes and it's the ones who keep coming back for more and more and more. They're the ones who stand the test of time. And so I'm never looking at it as, as like too oversaturated that just means that there's a ton of people looking for information online or a ton of people in this particular space who are looking for what you have to say, sell and offer to them. And so I lean into that. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Cause I, we do get a lot of people that think that entrepreneurialism is easy. It's fun. It's fast money. It's kind of like an ATM mm-hmm. machine. You start a business and the money starts coming out or, or something like that. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but well, that's you know, how it's sold this way, you know, for a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how it's sold online because that's what's sexy, yeah. right? Like you, I, I, I used to like, feel so feisty towards that kind of stuff, but I get it now because it is noisy. And so you do have to stand out. And so you, you almost do have to over promise or make it as attractive as possible. 
but then you will have to over deliver on that over promise, mm -hmm. right? Like you have to back it up and actually get people results. And it's on you to be honest about it and say like, look, entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. It's not easy and it's not quick, right. but it is the most rewarding and fulfilling thing that you could possibly do. And it'll really show you what you're made of <laughs> if yeah. you can stick it out that long. Yeah. And, and for me, the irony is, you know, coming from the medical world, when I came into entrepreneurship, that's where I learned mindset. That's where I learned, um, you know, just even alternative medicine, if, if you will, like these different aspects and just created a whole different side to myself that I didn't know was there and, and realized I had a lot of issues that I could hide in the hospital and I couldn't hide them in my business yeah. and I had to deal with them uh, if I wanted to be successful or just drop out because I had a lot of businesses before this one where I was just like I would hit a roadblock and be like oh I guess it's not going to work and you know in retrospect mm -hmm. I'm like all of those ideas would have worked if I just stuck them out so and I think that's what a lot what happens to a lot of people who give up too easy you know or too soon is they think that they try it one time and just because it doesn't work the way that they had expected that it's never going to work but expectations will break your heart in this space right? Like they, if you're like, I, like what I did with our first launch, I was like, this is going to make $20,000. No problem. Did I even consider that our email list was like 300 people at the time? No one knew us. We had so much obscurity to overcome. So like, just because it didn't work that time doesn't mean that it'll never work. It's just calling your attention to the fact that you have more work to do. You have to dial in your offer more. You have to clearly communicate the transformation or the outcome of it. And then you need to find a repeatable way to sell it. And I think a lot of people think if you don't hit it the first time, then you should give up and try something else. But that'll just keep you in this like never ending state of starting from scratch. And that is the most exhausting way to run a business. Yeah, that or they'll just keep adding services and say, oh, you know, because this is another area that I have with nurses. They want to combine like a bunch of different businesses all into one. So we do IV hydration and concierge nursing and staffing agency and all these different things. And they're like, well, can I do all three? And I, I'm like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> you don't understand. Like the, the more niche down you are, like even in staffing agency, you could be like a neuro nurse staffing agency or just like really micro niche into that niche mm. of a niche. And it's, uh, it, you'd be so much better off. And we just, I have, go ahead. oh, I was just going to say, there's two nurses in our coaching program, shift to six, and they are two healthcare leaders. They were nurses and now they've kind of, they still are nurses, but they've moved into more of a leadership role and now they have this business and it's called Missing Logic and they help healthcare leaders um, balance work and life and how to overcome burnout and enjoy their work again and not suffer from like compassion fatigue and all of these things that just plague a lot of healthcare leaders, especially right now. And they, they're killing it. Like they just did their first boot camp. So we have this boot camp process that we teach. They just ran their first boot camp, got like, I don't know, I think, 20 something people into it. And then they sold their coaching program off that. They had a hundred percent conversion rate, which when they told me that I was like, that's possible. <laughs> like, I've never heard about anyone hitting a hundred percent conversion rate, but, and now they have two big organizations wanting to promote their bootcamp to other healthcare leaders. So it's absolutely possible, but it does start with being known for one thing. Yeah. Like you were saying. Yeah. yeah. 
No, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, becoming the leader in that space, I think, is another kind of um, offshoot that you don't realize that when you do step into a business like this, you do become a business. And especially if you end up being a personal brand or it's not affiliate marketing or something like that, I, I think stepping out as a leader is another one of those things that you have to grow into or, or accept that that's mm -hmm. the role you're taking on. Mm -hmm. um, Jill, so tell everybody, I guess, um, how they can get involved with you and your group. And, uh, you know, so the, my audience is, is nurses and some healthcare, uh, mostly nurses, but some healthcare um, workers as well. But if they wanted to become a coach or online mm. course created or anything else that you offer, how did they find you? What are they what are they looking for and how do they get involved? Yeah, sweet. So the easiest way would just be to come on over to screwthe95.com and that's all spelt out, no numbers. Um, or come join our next bootcamp. We run them every few months um, and that's over at screwthe95.com forward slash bootcamp. Or if you just want to hear more of my hilarious banter, <laughs> you can listen to our podcast over at thescrewshow.com. It sounds like porn, but it's business. <laughs> I realized when we grabbed that URL, I was like, that certainly does not sound like business. Do you ever business. have issues with Facebook ads? <laughs> I currently have a disabled Facebook ads account. So yes. <laughs> yes, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you so much for this this is amazing i'm so glad we got to chat thanks for having me on <laughs>